Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Let's go to Mark chapter 1 as we begin today. Mark 1, I am sharing a series entitled Perfect Power for Imperfect People. How many are thankful that even though we are still under construction, that God is with us right now? How many can say amen to that? I'm so thankful to find out that I don't earn God's presence. I need God's presence. Do you know your need is what draws God to you? Need and faith. And so God is saying to us, and I'm praying that we will learn this in this series and our faith will build, that we will stop postponing a new encounter with God, that we'll stop waiting and say, well, you know, someday I'm going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Someday I'm going to have a power encounter with God. I can tell you God wants to do that today. Can someone say amen? In fact, I want you to say right now, today's my day. Make a faith statement. Today's my day. Yeah, we're going to encounter God's presence. We already have, haven't we, in an amazing way. And that's going to continue as we study the word. So this series, Perfect Power for Imperfect People. God wants to step into your life right where you are. He wants to meet you right in that place. And so we we began last week uh, looking at how Jesus was empowered. We understand that while he was on this earth for 33 years, he came through the miracle of the virgin birth, God. He never laid down his nature of being God, but he was wrapped in human flesh. Through the miracle of the virgin birth, he became God wrapped in flesh, faced everything we face, uh, and was able to do what he did as you read through the Gospels, being empowered by the Holy Spirit, just as you and I can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying you and I will ever be Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen. (laughs) But I'm telling you the same power that he walked in and lived with in those 33 years is the same power available in our lives today. So we use him as an example. Look at Mark chapter 1, and I want to read these verses, just a quick recap from last week, beginning in verse number 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love with you, I am well pleased at once. The Spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. So before he began his public ministry, before this challenge that Satan would throw against him, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. This was the declaration he made. Look at verse 15. He says, not before this. He'd been on earth 33 years. Now, you understand Jesus is eternally existent with the Father. But he had stepped on this earth to become our savior, to defeat everything of Satan and hell. And during those years, he made this statement. Only after he was empowered by the Holy Spirit, he said, the time has come. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. This is literally what he said. This is why the Holy Spirit descending in that moment ripped a hole through the satanic stronghold on this earth. He says, the kingdom of heaven is here. In other words, he's saying men and women who were empowered by the Holy Spirit are the conduits for heaven to come to earth. 
Did you hear what I just said? Men and women, Christians, believers in Christ, imperfect people can become empowered by a perfect God and heaven begins to touch earth. How many are thankful that we don't have to wait to heaven for some good things to happen on earth? See, right now, uh, healing happens on this planet. Salvation happens on this planet. Deliverance happens on this planet. Breakthrough happens on this planet. Miracles happen on this planet. Do you know why and how? Because Jesus is our Savior, because he made a way, because he died on the cross. (coughs) Pardon me, because we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit as believers, and we have access to that same anointing, that same power encounter he had. And I'm saying, God, we need more heaven on earth right now. Can somebody say amen to that? Don't we have enough men trying to work our problems out? Don't we have enough human solutions that aren't working? Don't we have enough people peddling fear and hatred and division and prejudice? Don't we have enough of that? We need some heaven on this earth. Amen? We need some heaven on this earth. We need Christians stop hiding out and holding on until they go to heaven. We need some Christians being filled with the Spirit, stepping out from where they are and bringing heaven to earth. Anybody with me with that today? I really believe that's the plan. We need Christians empowered by the Holy Spirit so that God's will in heaven can be experienced by God's will on earth. So how do you and I, as imperfect people, forgiven, loved, saved by the Lord, how does God use us to make that happen? Well, we saw what happened for Jesus. Let's let's look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. This was a very clear direction, Acts 1-8, that Jesus gave the disciples, the early believers, as they were to launch the church. He was going back to heaven after the 40 days following the resurrection. And he's very clear to them. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he says, you will receive power when? There, there was a encounter. There was an experience. There was something that when it happened, they would know it happened. Okay? He says, you will experience power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then you will be my witnesses. Do you understand? We're to be witnesses of Christ. A witness of Christ is somebody who represents Christ. We represent him. The, the, the idea in the church, God's plan for the church, is that when people hang out with us, it's like hanging out with Jesus. When people get around us, it reminds them of Jesus. When they come into our worship, when they get around us in our life groups, when they go, when they work by us, when they go to school with us, we are re-presenting Jesus. We're not, re- we're not presenting Calvary Church. We're not presenting ourselves. We're re-presenting Jesus. So if we're going to do that, we're going to have to be empowered like he was empowered. Let me rephrase that. It's not that I have to. I get to. I get to be empowered. We have the freedom, the privilege of being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, you become a witness. I have so many people struggling. I don't know how to witness. I don't know what to do. What do I say? Where do I go? Be filled with the Holy Spirit and you'll become a witness. You don't earn it. You become it. How many hear what I'm saying? It's There it is. It's that clear. Let me read it again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness. It just happens. Spirit-filled Christians are like Jesus. Spirit-filled Christians love like he loved. Forgive like he forgave. Are you with me? See like he saw. 
talk like he talked. Are you with me? It's not just, oh, Sunday and we felt the spirit and somebody prayed for somebody. I'm talking about how we live, who we are, how we represent Jesus. I've had enough earthly solutions. We need some heavenly solutions. We, we live in such an atmosphere. You know, uh, COVID scared everybody to death. We, come on, tell the truth. And, and we, we needed to take uh, precautions and do all the things we should do. And we've always welcomed Calvary. People have said, can I wear a mask? You can wear four masks if you want to. What if I don't wear a mask? That's your business too. What if I got a vaccination? Good. You can get 10 if you want them. I got two vaccinations and a booster. Awesome. I didn't get one. That's your business. How many with me? If you want to come here in this church and think I'm going to play at that level, it's the wrong place. We're going to preach the word. We're going to love people. We're going to do that. We're, we're, but, but here's what we're going to say. We're going to say God is with us. That's what we're going to say. We're going to say at the end of this thing, my house is going to be standing. Somebody said, did you hear about the, I, I got to say this and then I don't want to talk about it anymore. Did you hear about the monkey pox? I said, yes. They say, what do you think? I said, I'm not getting it. You need to say it right now. You ready? I want you to say it with me. When I count to three, I want you to say, I'm not getting it. You ready? One, two, three. I'm not getting it. All right. Is that over with? Can we move on from that right now? See, we're, we, we, we have an access to a mighty God. And fear and, 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 and anger and prejudice and, and backbiting and gossip and, and, and frustrating human solutions aren't where we live. We're trying to bring heaven to work. So let's understand this. The power of the Holy Spirit always has a purpose. God doesn't give power to entertain people. God doesn't release the, the gifts and the anointing of the Holy Spirit as a novelty to entertain people. For some Christian to think they're more spiritual than another Christian. The power of the Holy Spirit always has a purpose. And what we have to understand is because we are imperfect people through whom this perfect power is indwelling and moving, God chose in his wisdom to put gifts in the church. Now a gift is something I didn't earn. It's something the person who paid for it chose to give me. And the church, if we're going to represent Jesus, God in his wisdom said, you're going to need some help to do this. So he gave us gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is going to be present and tangible and visible and working and active in our midst, God says, I'm going to give some gifts to my church. I'm going to put them in my church. The sad news is, is that the church has never needed to be empowered more than it does right now. And yet the modern church, the Western church, never wants to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, don't walk off from me now. Tradition is choking the power out of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I would assume, let's just say this. I should have put this scripture in. James says, James says this. Every good and perfect gift comes from Father. So if God gives a gift, what kind of gift is it? It's a perfect gift. And it's a good gift. So why have we taken the gifts of the Holy Spirit that were given from God, that the Word says are perfect, that empower us to represent Jesus, 
We need them. We can't do that without him. Why did we edit those out of our life? Why did we hang those to a generation and rob this generation of these things? You know what I'm reading? I'm reading. I read this from a uh, source that is that that is wrestling with are these gifts even available today? But said the places where the church is growing around the world are places where the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation and moving and flowing. So it's undeniable. Those are the places I see it happen. So let's look at First Corinthians chapter twelve and verse one. I want to make sure we understand some things. We must just say, Pastor, uh, it's, do, you know, does everybody understand this? I don't know. That's why I need to teach this. Come on and find out. Here's what I want to say. We're being told that the Gen Z's, Gen, Gen X, Gen Z, the younger millennials, this, this generation of young people is the most unchurched generation in the history of America. Now, if the church is not reaching that age, then the church is aging itself out of relevancy. Okay, so, so, but here's the thing I love about this. As you study and read where these young men and women are in life, they're saying, I want a God I can experience. I don't want a historical God. I don't want to come here theory. I want to be in a place. I want to be in a, in an atmosphere. I want to have a relationship where I can encounter and experience God. I'm like saying, I'm with you guys. I'm right in line with you. We're right where we need to be. It's exciting to me. So let's look at this, these things. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 1. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, look what he says. I do not want you to be ignorant. That's not an offensive term. It literally means I do not want you to be uninformed or unaware about spiritual gifts. Now that's scripture we just read. God desires we understand the purpose and the activity of spiritual gifts. Not just one or two people. Let's keep reading. He says, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord. That's in reality, not just quoting words, but make that statement about their life unless or except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit Okay, There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now watch verse 7. Now to whom? Look at the person next to you <laughs> and just look them and say each one. Okay, somebody didn't do it for that. Now look at the person on the other side because they didn't get any help. Tell them. Just say each one. Okay. So, who is this message for today? Each one. Okay, thank you. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. Why? For the... There's something that will help all of us. And when these gifts operate properly, everyone benefits from them. It's not a one man, one woman show. Are you with me? Okay, let's keep reading. Now... He gives a list of nine. These aren't all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but these nine are very central to the activity of the church, the life of the church, okay? Everyone can participate in these. To one there is given through the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. 
to another prophecy, to another distinguishing or discerning between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. But look at verse 11 again. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them again to whom? Each one, how? As, as God determines. So there we have gifts. These gifts need to be understood as channels through which the Holy Spirit flows. These gifts, he said, he put in the church. Now, is the church the building or the people? Yeah, these gifts don't live in this room. They live in you. Everybody with me? Put these gifts in the church. You're the church. We're the church. These gifts are in the church. They're in the church right now. We haven't always recognized them. Is everybody with me? All right. So they're getting a little quiet. So here, here's what we need to understand. That let, Let's go back and look at verse 1. He says, now about spiritual gifts. We translate that word into two English words. The Greek word is pneumatica. It's, it's a word I showed, I shared last week. I want to say it again. This word, spiritual for spiritual gifts, did not exist in Scripture until after the day of Pentecost. There were no spiritual gifts in the church until the church became empowered by the Holy Spirit. This gift, this word, these gifts flow from that power encounter. Okay? That's the first thing you want to see. The second thing he says that a, a spiritual gift, let me define that. What's a spiritual gift? Listen, I'm teaching you some today. We need to get this clearly because if you understand, your faith will be there. Faith comes from what? Hearing. Hearing the word of God. I'm about to make it very personal in a minute, but just stick with a couple of definitions. What's a spiritual gift? A supernatural ability bestowed on an individual by the Holy Spirit. A supernatural ability bestowed on an individual by the Holy Spirit. In other words, there's nothing human about this. It's not from human origin. A spiritual gift is not heightened human ability. It is a perfect God flowing through an imperfect person. See, it's, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I want you to be informed of these things. He says they're to each one. We all have access to these. Last week I taught you uh, about these three gifts that help us discern from the Holy Spirit's point of view. The gift of discernment, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge. But today I want to talk about these gifts that allow us to declare the words of God. Today I'm going to boldly go where no pastor has ever gone in the last century. I'm going to talk about tongues on Sunday morning. I'm going to use the T word on Sunday morning. Come on, how many with me right now? How many of you needed to take an oxygen gasp right there? We're, in fact, I subtitled this message, Look Who's Talking. And I'll tell you why I titled it, Look Who's Talking. Because I've about had enough of listening to everybody else talk right now. Haven't you had enough? Haven't you heard enough? H- haven't you grown weary of all the wah, 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 wah? I've heard enough ABC, NBC, CBS. I've had enough Fox. I know that makes some of you mad. Do you know Fox is not the mouthpiece of God? Don't throw Bibles at me right now. <laughs> this gospel is too big to be owned by a network. This gospel is too big to be owned by a political party. This gospel is too big to be owned. Come on. just It's all right. Come on. Breathe. Breathe with me right now. It's okay. 
I, I'm telling you that, that I've heard enough of everybody tell me what we need to do. We need a word from God in the church. We need to hear what the Lord is saying to the church. We need to have enough hunger to say, I want what you say whether I like it or not. We need to have enough hunger to say, I need to hear from God whether it's my plan or not. Anybody with me right now? We need to have enough Christians who say, it doesn't matter to me what everyone else says, what everyone else does. It doesn't matter if it's comfortable or uncomfortable. I need to hear from God. And so I'm saying, look who's talking. We need to be listening. Could it be that God's talking and no one wants to hear? Could it be that God is talking and everybody said he doesn't talk anymore? Could it be that God is talking because we don't think he's talking? We don't recognize it's him? Just some questions. So let's look at these. There's three of these gifts that allow the spirit of God to speak to us. How many of you would need would say with me, I need God to speak to me? How many believe God can speak to you? Let me tell you something. When I was the farthest away from God in my life as a young knucklehead, I think I had brain damage. Farthest away from God ever was. I was away from home, away from family. I didn't go to church. I wouldn't be around anything that had to do with God because it convicted me. Now, people nowadays will tell you, you know, they'll make excuses. People will excuse away conviction. How many hear what I'm saying? You know, they're like, well, well, thank God for conviction. That's why I'm here today. Farthest time away from God. I wasn't praying. I wasn't reading my Bible. I wasn't going to church. I was blowing it a hundred ways. I would go out. I would come home from whatever I was doing. It was not important now. And I would lay down in bed and try to go to sleep. And the Holy Spirit would talk to me. I didn't hear it with that ear. I heard it with this one. I remember wrestling with God. God, speak to me. And I was like, God, I remember nights laying in that bed, tossing, turning, saying, God, let me sleep. God, stop. God, you know, and I'd try to make deals with God. Okay, someday, someday, someday. I remember one night I said, okay, God, someday, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to serve you someday. In fact, someday I'm going to marry a Christian woman, okay? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, what makes you think a Christian woman would have anything to do with you? I said, good point. God talks. Are we listening? God wants to encourage us. So prophecy, there's three. Prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Let me help you with this. This isn't something that stays in this church. This is something that lives with you everywhere you go. This is something that will encourage you in your journey. And so what is prophecy? It's simply a word. It's not the office of a prophet. Anyone can prophesy. It's when the Holy Spirit gives an inspired word. Remember, it's not human. It's not what I think I ought to say or or I'm going to get at somebody and, and what I call, you know, Holy Spirit blackmail. The Lord told me to tell you. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? What do you do with that? Well, it, I've learned if the Lord didn't, I just say, I don't think that was God. You can do that, okay? Okay, so prophecy is an inspired word. The Holy Spirit brings a word in the language of that congregation so everyone can understand it. Look at me in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 3. What is a prophetic word? Prophecy. It's a foretelling. It's not foretelling like a prophet would do, but it's foretelling, an inspired word of the Holy Spirit. 
1 Corinthians 14, 3, what happens? But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. What's wrong with that? Boy, I need that. Do you need that? Does the church need that? What happens when a prophetic word comes? Everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. It's a spirit-inspired word in the language of that. It could be in a life group. It could be in a gathering here. It's, it's something we need. God knows when you need to be encouraged and strengthened and comforted. How many are thankful for that? But because, listen, this is perfect power coming through an imperfect gift. The Bible says we always weigh and judge. Are you with me? How do we judge that word? Does it agree with Scripture? Does it agree with Scripture? It always begins there. And does it bear witness with what God's been doing in my life? So we have checks and balances. Somebody gives a prophetic word. Did that agree with Scripture? Okay. Does that agree with my spirit? Let's go to the next one. Let's go to the T word. All right? The T word. Tongues. Let me help you. This is very easy to understand. There are two primary functions of tongues. The most common and the one that's 95% of the time is private. It's your prayer life. Have you ever heard the term used prayer language? That's a great way to describe this. Because most of the time, praying in tongues is in your private prayer life. That's why God gives it. You say, well, what's the value of, of praying in tongues privately? I'm so glad you asked me that. Look at Jude verse 20. Look at Jude 20. Why is praying in tongues important? Oh, my goodness. It is an amazing gift. Look, Jude, a little one-chapter book before Revelation, Jude verse 20. Can, can I help you with something? There is not one place in Scripture in the New Testament where tongues is described, listen, as ecstatic babbling. Not once. Every time tongues is, is, is uh, addressed in Scripture, there is something being said. It is an intelligent communication from God to us or the enablement of you and I to give worship to God. Let me help you with something. So what happens when I'm praying in my prayer language and I'm praying in tongues in the spirit? Look at Jude verse 20. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the spirit. Praying in the spirit builds your faith. I like that. Anybody want their faith built? Yeah, all right. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. Romans 8, verse 26 and 27. So so what happens? Have you ever been in a place where you just did not know what to pray? I have. Have you ever had a moment where you said, I don't know what to do here. God, you've got to help me. I, I, I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. What do I say? What's your will in this matter? How do I pray the will of God? Look at Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Watch this. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Wow. Do you know every time you're praying in tongues, you're praying the will of God for your life? Do you know that you can be praying in tongues because the Holy Spirit's the one praying through you? And you can be praying for something you don't know about that's 10 years away from you. Is that amazing? You know, you may not know what to do in a situation. Your family's struggling. You, you, you don't know what to do. What's going on? What do I do? When you are praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit's praying a perfect prayer through you. 
You're pr- he's praying the will of God. You're lining up the will of God. He's praying over situations you don't even know about. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely amazing. I, I can tell you incident after incident of, of, of these things. Of somebody waking in the middle of the night and, and, and felt burned by God to pray. And they were praying in the spirit, praying and praying and, 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 and maybe praying for an hour and then that burden lifted off of them. They went back to bed and, 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 and then later on they, they get news from a missionary they were praying for. And they said they were in a crisis. They had, their, their vehicle had broken down. They're in a very dangerous area where thieves were, <clears throat> were common. And they, they, they didn't know them, but they come and they're traveling and they share that testimony in their church. And that person remembers when God woke them up and they checked the time, the exact time frame. God knows. God knows what I don't know. How many think God might be ahead of you a little bit? Anybody believe God might know something about tomorrow you don't know? <laughs> you think, how many want to live in the will of God? I want to pray in the will of God. I want to be in the will of God. What a gift to us. See, this isn't a Sunday thing. It's not a, just a church house thing. This isn't a pastor thing and a, a prophet thing, an evangelist, an apostle. This is in us. And we need to learn to release that so God can do it. How many are thankful for that? That's, that's private. Primarily, that's what you do. You, the Holy Spirit's helping you pray. But what about publicly? What happens? So Paul was very clear. Let me help you with something. We, we have so pulled ourselves away. I don't know why. I think I know why. We, we don't want to talk about tongues, baptism, the Holy Spirit in the church today. You know why? Because we can't control it. Because it's bigger than us. Because we have to admit God knows what I don't know. Because we have to submit to God and allow the Holy Spirit. Because we can't write down every little thing and put God on our schedule so we have to move some things away so we can control church. But here's what you need to understand. Tongues were common. That was the life of the early church. So common, they had to have some order about how that flows. Today it's so uncommon, we don't know when something happens. What It was so common, they had to have order in the church to understand how this worked. So there is a public... Gift, that's the one listed here in 1 Corinthians 12. Stay with me. I want to help you with this, all right? The majority of the time you're praying in tongues, that's for your private prayer life. God's helping you pray. But there are times God wants to speak to his church. Just like the prophecy, tongues spoken to the congregation must always be followed with the gift of interpretation. Because watch this. When I'm praying in my private prayer life, the direction of my prayer is where? From me to God. See the direction? God's helping me. When God speaks to the congregation, it's from God to us. You see that? So when I'm praying to God, it's my private time, my prayer life. God's helping me pray. But there are times God wants to speak to the church. And when that person speaks out, they should only do that prompted of the Holy Spirit. Just because you can pray in tongues at home doesn't mean you're supposed to speak to everybody here in tongues. But if God does that here, there will be the gift of interpretation so that we understand. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 again. Look at there with me. This is very easy, private and public. We've got guidelines uh, for public so we understand how it works. 1 Corinthians 14. Stay with me for this. I want you to see this. 1 Corinthians 14. Let's, let's read this again. Verse 1. Follow the way of love eagerly and desire spiritual gifts. What about that? The Bible tells you desire these things. All right? Especially the gift of prophecy, which we spoke about. For anyone, watch this, anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. 
Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Now keep reading verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So we, what have we read about praying in tongues? My faith is built. I'm edified. I'm praying the will of God. But he's talking about this. Watch. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Verse 5. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. But I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless what? He interprets so the church is edified. He's talking about how the church operates. So I know I'm taking some time. I know I'm teaching you. But nobody's going to do this if I don't do this. And I want you to understand these gifts that God has placed and put inside your life. They're absolutely amazing. And God has order. In fact, he even tells the church in Corinth, later on in chapter 14, if somebody prays in tongues and somebody interprets, he says two or at the most three, that's not all we came to do. If God has a word, we also need to get in the word and worship. So there's guidelines. He says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the control of the prophet. The Holy Spirit doesn't drive you, he empowers you. We, we've had two extremes is what's hurt us. We've had people who are just... They're, they allow their emotions to run away with them. And they've done things in spiritual gifts that have not been in order. And it's turned people off. And so what people have done is say, we're not going to have any of the gifts. We need to let God be God, but do it in the order of his word. Okay? You know, the Holy Spirit won't interrupt himself. If he's anointing worship and somebody's leading in worship while worshiping, that's not the time to give a word in tongues. If there's time to give a word in tongues, there'll be a moment God creates. We don't create it. He's in control when that word will go forth. And then we'll wait on God to give an interpretation. If God wants to speak, I want to hear it. But we have to know that I I can't say, you can't do something out of order and say the Holy Spirit made me. No. How many heard what I just said? And we've done that in churches. Again, I call it spiritual blackmail. Well, the Holy Spirit led me. Somebody's got to be enough word and say, no, he didn't. So that we can learn to discern what's genuine and real. How many with your pastor today? So I want God to move. I want, I want God to speak. Look who's talking. Don't you think the church needs to hear what God is saying? And have those things done in our life? There should be order. We should be open. We should receive it. Let me, let me give you uh, just one more thing here on this. In chapter 14. 1 Corinthians 14. He sums it up. Let's look at verse 39 and 40. 1 Corinthians 14, 39 and 40. Uh, this is so important as he brings us to a summation. First Corinthians 30, 14, 39 and 40. Therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy. Do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. That's not hard. We have to be willing to be obedient to his word. We have to be teachable. How many say, Pastor, I want to be teachable? How many have to learn to follow the Holy Spirit? Allow him to work in your life? We don't pre-program these things. You don't write down on Sunday morning, okay, today we're going to have praise and worship. They're going to have two messages in tongues and interpretation. No, no, no. This is up to God. It says he gives them to each one as he chooses. Do you know that, again, the, the public use of tongues, that gift, must always be connected to the gift of interpretation. Together, they do what prophecy does. Because if God has a message, we want to hear it. I need to hear it. I need to be comforted, strengthened, and encouraged. I pray in tongues every day in my private prayer time. I have for over 40 years. You know why? Because it builds my faith. 
because it edifies me. Because when I do that, I'm praying the will of God. It's part of my lifestyle. Pastor, when did that begin in your life? It began the day I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit baptism is the release of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And so that's the deal. We want to be empowered. How many want the power of the Holy Spirit? I want to be empowered. I want everything God has for me. I don't know about you, but George Sawyer needs help. Anybody else need some help? I need some help. I, I, I have enough weakness. I need some power. You know what happened when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit? There were some temptations as a young Christian. I was battling. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, there was a power release in my life that put me over some of those things. There were some strongholds that were broken that day in my life. There was faith that began to rise in my heart. I began to know what a comfort every day. There have been times I've walked through my life and my journey. There have been decisions I've had to make as the pastor of this church where I, I go in that prayer closet and I'm praying, God, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know what direction we need to go. Holy Spirit, help me. And I pray and I trust and the Holy Spirit's praying through me. I'm praying in tongues and I know God's praying and speaking. And I leave that place and I may not know exactly what to do, but I know God knows what to do. And I just start walking and I just start stepping at a time. And I know that God is going to put me in the right place at the right time with the right choice and the right decision. Aren't you thankful we're not thrown out on our own? The Holy Spirit is with us, in us, living, talking. It's, I, I'm disturbed that we've made this so, uh, uh, we put it way back in the past or tried to make it unusual. We need to understand there is a perfect power working through imperfect people. And we need what he does for us. I want to encourage you today. Let me tell you what I pray. I pray God today. I pray that faith begins to rise inside of everybody at Calvary. I pray that you begin to say, Pastor, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to be empowered by God. I want the gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow through my life. I want to know everything God has for me. You know what? You being baptized in the Holy Spirit won't make you a better Christian than someone else. It'll just make you a better you than you were. We need to stop looking at these gifts and trying to say who's spiritual and who's not spiritual. We need to stop trying to figure out what part of the Bible doesn't apply and start believing everything that's there. We need to allow God to do that in our hearts. Listen, these gifts of the Holy Spirit are powerful. These gifts are practical. We just walk right through it. He gave us direction. If we're willing to follow, they're, they're present, they're right here for us today, and they're personal. I don't know anything more personal than God taking an individual and saying, I love you so much, I'm going to help you pray. Come on, how, how good is that? You mean so much to me, I'm going to help you pray my perfect will for your life. If I was about to get married, I'd be praying in the Spirit. Come on. I mean, we spend more time on Facebook than we do praying. You, you know, I, I don't know about you. There, there, it's, it, it looks, thank God I'm married. It looks scary to me out there right now. I mean, just, that looks scary to me. Stuff I see on, on, on my social media, I mean, it's scary looking to me. I'm like, dear God. I think I'd pray in the spirit of an hour before I'd even turn Facebook on. You need to have some discernment. You need to have some power. You need to be able to know, God, what do you say about this? What do you want me to do? I've got to decide where am I going to go to college? What degree am I going to follow? What am I going to do? Man, I'd be praying in the spirit. I'd be asking God, help me, speak to me, pray through me. 
Show me what I need to do. Guide me in my decision. You're going to buy a house and make the biggest financial decision of your life and not pray about it? You need a realtor, but you also need the Holy Ghost. (laughs) You need to get some help, but you also need somebody who knows what you don't know. We've got some wonderful realtors in this church. I'd use them, but I'd also ask God to help the realtor help me know what I'm supposed to be doing. I would, if I was going to this church, I would say, uh, Lord, would you help my pastor know what to do to tell us when he's preaching the word up here? God, I pray for my pastor, praying in the spirit for my pastor. I'm praying for God to do that. I I wouldn't go to church and say, I hope they sing the song I want to sing today. I would have prayed before I got here and say, God, let them sing the songs the Holy Spirit want us to sing today. Huh? What about that? We got a lot of griping and complaining and fussing in church because people have forgotten how to pray. They don't believe the Holy Spirit can lead in God. They don't believe that God's in control. You know, your husband or wife might look better, sound better, be better if you'd pray in the Spirit a little more about them every day. God might just do that to you. He might just tell you what he told me as a lost young man going to college in a dorm one night when he said, what makes you think anybody would have anything to do with a person like you? And I had to tell him he was right. But I never forgot that. And it wasn't long after that I gave my life to the Lord. And I was forgiven of all those stupid sins. And he came inside of me and transformed me. And it wasn't long after that somebody said, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? I said, I don't think so. I just got saved two weeks ago. And they said, well, you need this. And I said, if I need it, tell me what to do. And they said, we're going to gather around and a group of young men gathered around me in a prayer room and laid hands on me. I was too, uh, 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 what would I say? I didn't know enough to doubt. <laughs> I didn't have enough theology to question God. I didn't have enough, you know, religion to doubt it. They said, you pray, you ask God. They read me this, read me the scripture. It says, if you earthly fathers are, 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 are evil, you know, if you're, you're good, if your son asks for a fish, you don't give him a snake. If he asks for bread, you don't give him a stone. How much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So they said, you ask him and start thanking him. So I asked him and started thanking him and God baptized me in the Holy Spirit. You know why? Not because I was perfect because I was very very needy I needed everything in my life I was clawing my way out of hell I was coming out of a lifestyle of bondage. I was moving out of the next door to hell. And I had just come out of that old life. Anybody with me? And so I was a lot closer to where I'd been than to who I was becoming. I was way over here. I wasn't way down the road with God. I was right one step out of hell. And everything in hell was pulling on my coattail. I'd wake up in the morning and the devil would try to pull me back. I would go out at night and he would try to get my car here. But I said, God, if you can help me there's something pulling on me right now and God baptized me in the Holy Spirit and started pulling me in the other direction I'm going to tell you it revolutionized my life and just because God did that for me doesn't mean it's right it's because it's in this word right here I want you to stand with me I want our worship team to come come on let's stand I'm thankful for everything the Holy Spirit does in my life I'm thankful for what he does in his church. Aren't you thankful that God loved us so much to give us gifts? Can I tell you something? I read it in 1 Corinthians 14. He said, eagerly desire those gifts. Why would you not take a gift? (laughs) You ever thought about that? Why would you not take a gift? The only time I've never taken a gift is when I didn't trust the person giving it. (laughs) 
You're with me? I've had some people offer me some stuff I've turned down. I said, no, thank you. Because I didn't know who it was and what they were doing. My father was baptized in the Holy Spirit after being very skeptical. My grandmother, his mother, was one of the first people that came out of that wave out of Azusa Street back a century ago. And my dad thought his mother might have, you know, gone off the rails. And so he decided he didn't want any part of that. And he met my mom and he married a little girl, you know, uh, Samson. I can't go too far, you know. Samson said, I'm going to get me one of those Philistine women over there. You know, you know what I'm saying? He, he didn't want that godly girl. My dad didn't want one of those Pentecostal girls. But the problem was his mom, my grandmother. You know where I think the seeds of this racially mixed church came from? My grandmother. Do you know what segregation was like in the 1920s in America? You know who my white grandmother's prayer partner was? A black lady. You know what drew them together? They weren't trying to make a racial statement. They were two women who had been baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. My dad said it embarrassed him because he said he'd be walking home from school and when he turned the corner, he could hear him. Didn't have any AC in those days. The windows were up. And he said he'd turn the corner. He heard his mom and his, her prayer partner. Man, they were praying the house down. He said he wouldn't bring anybody around the house. So he married my mom, came back from World War II. Moved her out of that place. But my grandmother got her. <laughs> so that little non-church girl, non-Pentecostal got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. First six months they were married. Moved her to Dallas, Texas. Get her away from that. God got him there in Dallas, Texas. You know where he got saved? In Phyllis's grandfather's church. We weren't even born yet. We didn't know all this stuff. Look how God got this thing going. So he got saved in a tent revival of all places. You know, he made fun of all that stuff. And he said they called him back in a room to pray to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And my dad said, all he prayed was this, because he struggled. He said, God, if this is you, I want it. If it's not, I don't. If it's you, I want it. If it's not, I don't. And he said, we had several men praying and one by one, these men are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. He'd hear them begin to pray in tongues, and they leave. And so he's he just doing, he's doing this thing. Well, I'm in here, God. If it's real, I want. If it's not, don't. And he said he heard something. He heard another guy speaking in tongues. And he thought he was the only one left. So he says he's looking around, and it's him. <laughs> God took him up on his prayer. God will take you up on your prayer. Can I challenge you? To trust God enough to say, if this is you, I want it. I mean, how hard is that? That's pretty safe, isn't it? God, if it's you, I want it. Now, some folks in this room, you got baptized in the Holy Spirit a long time ago. You need a fresh touch. Not trying to be ugly. You need a fresh touch. You need a fresh touch. I ask for one every day. I pray this morning. I don't walk up here and waste your time.
the Holy Spirit's not doing something. I've preached thousands of times, thousands. I've preached in 40 countries. I've preached thousands of times. I know how to write a sermon. But I don't know how to preach unless the Holy Spirit helps me. I don't ever learn how to do that. I'm afraid to try that. I'm afraid. Because I know me. I know how imperfect I am. I know how perfect he is. That's okay. See, some of you got some church is so regimented. If somebody starts to cry or do a little thing, we don't know what to do. Just chill out. God may be touching somebody at a deep level. I promise you as a pastor of this church, we're going to always follow spiritual order. Okay? Just chill out. And maybe what is happening here is some hunger is starting to rise up. Maybe somebody is being healed down deep inside. You know, some people have never been able to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because they're so broken inside. Sometimes you need to be healed so you can be filled. Do you hear what I just said? It's hard to fill a broken vessel up. As fast as you pour it in, it's leaking out. Sometimes you have to be healed so you can be filled. Wherever you are right now, would you just say to him, if it's you, God, I want it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.